Launch on Fire Podcast Episode Number 81 بودكاست Launch on Fire اول بودكاست متخصص ومهتم في عالم رياده الاعمال والمشاريع الصغيره والمتوسطه في الشرق الاوسط يقدم لكم محدثكم خالد الزنكي وهدفنا في هالبودكاست مساعده كل من بيدخل عالم رياده الاعمال والبزنس علشان ينجح في البداية خلونا نشكر الشركات الراعية لبودكاست لونش اون فاير الراعي الذهبي طلبات دوت كوم مجموعة ايسيس المستقبل اسنان تاور وشوكلت نسك ونشكر الجهات الاعلامية الراعية بعد سينسكيب ومجلة خليجسك Okay, let's get started with today's episode in Launch on Fire podcast. I'm so excited to introduce my guest Borak B. Paul, are you ready for the launch? I'm ready. Paul is a speaker and consultant in innovation and leadership, and he's in Kuwait for a few days to deliver a workshop titled Leading Innovation, which is organized by Vigor Events. I have given our listeners just a little overview about you, Paul. Take a minute or two to tell us about yourself so our listeners get to know you better and give us an overview about innovation and its importance for startups and small businesses. Great. Hello, everybody. Um, I've been doing this for about six years. Before that, I was in the commercial in the commercial world in the corporate world i've been involved in change and innovation all my life in various aspects in the in the corporate world and i decided to put something back to the corporate world and well government semi government and small businesses and try and help people get familiar with innovation and understand innovation because everybody thinks innovation is all about the idea but that's only 1% inspiration what we need to look at is the 99% perspiration which is the implementation of innovation So today I'm I'm sure I'm going to get asked some tough questions and I hope that I'll be able to expand on some of these ideas and in the questions I'm going to be asked in a minute. I'm sure you're going to do a great job with these questions <laughs> and want to make sure that the audience actually our listeners get the maximum value of our episode today. First of all, we would like to start the podcast with building a very solid understanding. Please tell us exactly uh, why most of the businesses and startups they fail in innovation. I think one of the things is that there's conflict. There's conflict conflict between what we call the performance engine and this conflict with call it the innovation team and as a leader you notice i use the word leader not manager mm-hmm. a leader you've got to resolve those conflicts as quickly as possible so you know forget about all the disciplines and anything that you might read in various books that are, are out there on innovation for me the the single biggest impediment to making innovation happen to implementing is the conflict between the performance engine which pays the bills today and the innovation team which will hopefully pay your bills tomorrow so mm-hmm. if you can resolve that I think you're well on your way to What do you mean it. by performance engine? So the performance engine is what your business is focused on today. Typical example could be in the mobile phone industry. Everybody has mobile phones. So let's pick on that. What mm-hmm. is their performance engine? It's the calls because they get X amount of uh, money from the calls and it's their data. So today that's their performance engine. That's where they're making, basically they're paying their, their salaries today. Mm-hmm. How will they pay their salaries tomorrow? It could be on different things. It could be similar to data, but it could be on apps and stuff that's in the cloud. And that's where most of them are focusing their efforts. Awesome. And in your opinion, what's the difference between innovation and creativity? Well, that's a good question because many people think innovation is creativity. I did say to you earlier on, the idea or the creative concept is only the 1%. So the difference for me is 
I hope this explains it. Innovation is all about commercializing ideas. It's all about commercializing the creativity. So the creativity is just the 1%. You know, we all have many ideas. When I do my workshops around the world, you know, sometimes I have 20 people, sometimes 30, 40, 50. Let's say I've got 50 people in the room. I could get 50 ideas on a concept. Like how do you develop the toothbrush? I could get 50 ideas in a workshop within 10 minutes. The, the, the crux for me on innovation is how to implement. So you could say innovation is creativity, but it's only one small part of innovation. Awesome. Let's talk about outstanding innovation then. What common characteristics do they have? The, the big thing, let's just go back to resolving the conflict. When you have good innovation, the conflicts are resolved. The other thing about innovation is they all have good leaders. And I don't mean people just at the top. You can mm -hmm. have, you need to have good leaders at every level within the business to make innovation happen. Because what I often tell people is, I ask, I ask the question, is innovation everybody's job? It's not everybody's job. Because you'll have people on the performance engine, as I call it, who have to do the day-to-day -day things. And you'll have people on what we call the shared team who are helping and supporting. And you'll have people on the innovation uh, team. But it's everybody's job to understand innovation. Because the more people who understand it and support it, the higher chance you have of success. Mm -hmm. Not all ideas can be implemented and not all innovation is a success. True. So in your personal opinion, what is the number one characteristics of all the characteristics you just mentioned to have outstanding innovation? Well, again, I, I just keep going back to resolving the conflict. So, Time and again, where I go around the world, you have great ideas, you have great innovation teams, you have great performance engine teams, people that have been there a long time. And even though they're trying to help each other, there's always going to be a conflict. That's just the nature of the beast. So if you can resolve that conflict, so the, the chief characteristic for me is good leadership at all levels. Awesome. So leadership is the key element in that, innovation. That's what I believe. So great innovations with no proper leadership, they might fall apart, right? <laughs> let, me, let me turn this into around. Can you give me an example of, of a great innovation without a great leader? I can't think of one. So can you give us a story that emphasizes on that and, and, and especially a story from one of the famous entrepreneurs? So my famous uh, entrepreneur at the moment is Elon Musk. You know, people talk about the, you know, the Bransons and uh, the Steve Jobs, and those guys have been around a long time, and I take nothing away from them. You know, the Bill Gates of the world and, and the guys at Google, etc. But Elon Musk is a guy who epitomizes innovation to me. He started PayPal, then he got into space rockets, and I think he, he is now the biggest supplier of space equipment to NASA. He, you all know him probably more famously for the uh, electric car, you know, the Tesla. Mm-hmm. But when you read up about this guy and you, you see interviews on YouTube, etc., you can see this guy's a leader. He's very focused. He's very disciplined. That's another key characteristic of innovation. You've got to be disciplined and you've also got to be prepared to learn. And he does all of those. He epitomizes all of those. And he's very open to ideas. With the Tesla, he gave open architecture to everybody and people were shocked. I remember that. It was a big surprise for the industry. Yeah. So, so you know, once again, he's, he's got confidence in his own ability. Um, we discussed it in the workshop briefly. I, th I think that his biggest innovation is actually in the, in the batteries of the cars, not the car itself. And that's where he's going to make his money. But everything he's touched has turned to gold. That's great. Paul, we'll take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors. And we'll be back after this short, tiny break. والحين خلونا نشكر الشركات الراعية لبودكاست لونش اون فاير الراعي الذهبي طلبات.com مجموعة ايسس المستقبل اسنان تاور وشوكلتنس ونشكر الجهات الاعلامية الراعية بعد سنسكيب ومجلة خليجسك طلبات.com أول موقع إلكتروني وتطبيق لطلب الأكل أونلاين في الكويت ودول مجلس التعاون الخليجي علشان تطلب الأكل أونلاين وتطلع على آخر عروض المطاعم زور موقع طلبات.com أو نزل تطبيق طلبات على الأندرويد والآي او اس والويندوز 
مجموعة آيسس واحدة من الشركات المتخصصة في مجال تقنية المعلومات المتنقلة تأسست في 2004 وعندها خبرة ومعرفة في قطاع الاتصالات في الشرق الأوسط وأفريقيا واحد من تطبيقاتها برنامج بايت على الأندرويد والآي او اس تقدر تدفع فواتيرك عن طريق هالابليكيشن الأسنان هي سحر جاذبية أي واحد فينا ابتسامتك لازم تكون متميزة لأن في البزنس لها دور في مستوى تأثيرك في الناس اللي حواليك أسنان تاور أكبر العيادات في الشرق الأوسط والمتميزة في علاج وتجميل الأسنان في الكويت اتصل على أسنان تاور واحجز موعدك اليوم على 257-3666 شوكلتنس اول مشروع كويتي متخصص بصناعه وانتاج المولتن كيك بدا براس مال 500 دولار وعقبها توسع وصار عنده خمس فروع منهم فرعين يقدمون فيهم قائمه طعام متكامله بالاضافه لمصنع للانتاج في الكويت اتصل واطلب على 2296606 او زوروا موقعهم الالكتروني chocolatenes.net شركة السينما الكويتية الوطنية سينسكيب عندهم أكثر من 11 ألف كرسي في 11 موقع في الكويت أفلامهم متنوعة من أكشن وكوميديا ودراما ورعب وإثارة وتشويق مع سينسكيب تعيش الدور وأكثر من 60 سنة وسينسكيب في خدمتكم خليجيسك مجلة كويتية مميزة لها نمط ثقافي وحياتي وتغطي باستمرار كل شيء جديد في دول الخليج العربي خصوصا لما يتعلق الموضوع بالمشهد الثقافي المتطور تقدر تحصل أو تحصلين النسخة المطبوعة بالاشتراك أو النسخة الإلكترونية من خلال الموقع الإلكتروني خليجيسك.com بودكاست لونش اون فاير اول بودكاست كويتي حاصل على جائزه الكويت للمحتوى الالكتروني لعام 2015 اوكي ليتس جيت باك تو اور كونفرزيشن توكينج اباوت انوفيشن ان سمول بزنس اند ستارت ابس ليتس دايف انتو ذا انوفيشن رول ان ستارت ابس اند سمول بزنسز Based on your experience, why some of the entrepreneurs are amazingly successful in two innovations and some they struggle? Or actually, yeah. most they struggle. Yeah, the, I'm in a small business. I used to be in a large multinational. You just think about, if you're in a large multinational, it's not your money. Mm-hmm. So you can go make decisions. I know you've got a boss and you have to have it signed off. But when it's your own money, I think people like to use the term entrepreneur a little bit too loosely. Um, there's a lot of risk that has to be taken. And innovation costs money. Let's be let's be real. True. Um, yes, What I professed, and I learned this from uh, from the guys that I do business with in, in America, from uh, Vijay Govindarajan and Chris Trimble. One of the things I learned from them is learning first, profits second. That's during the innovation phase. But once the innovation phase and you've gone to launch is finished, then you need mm-hmm. to start making some profit to recoup. It's how long and how much money, you know, you've heard about crowdsourcing and all the rest of it, people are asking for money these days. Mm-hmm. It's how much you can get. And then it's it's having the leadership ability to take those ideas and commercialize them and you know a lot of things that are out there some brilliant ideas if you go onto youtube and you look at just go and type in innovation and look at stuff why is a lot of that not come to market because it's taken too much resources as in people time and money so that's probably the biggest thing because there's a lot of great stuff out there can you share your thoughts about the learning process because you just mentioned it in execution of innovation yeah the learning process really it's all about trying to get the your brain to to just turn off the profits for now and run it as a disciplined experiment. Mm-hmm. Now, that's quite difficult for a lot of people because that's not the way we've been taught. What what happens typically in, in let's just say, in the corporate world, or even if you're an entrepreneur, 
and I sometimes default to this and I have to remind myself when I'm developing a new product, let's get the product first. It's, it's learning first, profits second, which is easier said than done. Let's be real. True. And as I often say to people, I mean, you were in my workshop and I say, well, you go back to your CFO and tell him we're going to do learning first, profit second. He's going to kick you out the door. But if you can get that mindset right and you've got a CFO, I'll pick on the CFO because generally they sign off the checks, right? Mm -hmm. Or if, in, if you're an entrepreneur in your own business, if you can just take the time to say, let's learn from this as an experiment because other things will come off it. You could develop many innovation engines from this. True. And you develop that. That's what you've got to get your head around is the learning first, profit second. And hopefully the profits will come. But as I often say, sometimes you may not get any profit. It could be a value added service which of course that could be integrated to the rest of the business model exactly you know mm -hmm. you the mobile phone industries are again just because we all use mobile phones or even in the aircraft industry you know we all fly a lot if you could develop something on that like um well let's take the aircraft industry booking your your air ticket online did it add any value it might have saved some paper yeah but or, not, or having a wi-fi on their aircraft well exactly you fly around america now you, you pay for the wi-fi five dollars an hour i think it is and you can do your emails up in the air soon they're going to have uh, voice on on air on the airplanes um but just take the, the you know, it's been around for a while you can get your ticket on your on your iphone or your sony or whatever phone you're using your android device that's saving money but did that really add uh, financial value to the airline i doubt it but it keeps me loyal to that airline because I don't have to carry paper as an example. So Awesome. I'm sure throughout your interaction with businesses, you have discovered failures in innovation scene. We want to hear one of those failure stories and what lessons have you discovered and learned? I can tell you categorically, everybody who's been in my workshop has mm -hmm. never failed. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of failures. You know, I'm, I, just right now, I actually can't think one because I'm always thinking positively. But mm -hmm. if you look at... I want to get you out of that comfort zone a bit. Yeah, I know yeah. you do. Um, if you look at uh, places like, like in the software game, th there's a lot of apps that are sitting on the shelf. Where are they now? They're still sitting on the shelf. Let's just take Polaroid as a really good failure. So mm -hmm. you want a really high profile failure? Mm -hmm. You look at Polaroid. There's others, Kodak. Even HP in the printer market haven't really succeeded where they thought they would. You look at the people like Samsung. They've had a lot of failures. They've had a lot of successes. But let's go back to Polaroid. Where are they today? Nowhere. They had the most innovative product in the world probably at that time, which was you know instant printing. Mm -hmm. Or as we call it, what were they selling? Instant memories. They didn't realize they were selling instant memories. Nokia is another high-profile one that comes to mind. True. So, so those are some uh, some really good high-profile. And in fact, quite enjoyed discussing those when I'm doing leadership as opposed to innovation because it, a lot of the failures in that weren't the product itself, weren't the innovation. They didn't have the leadership to implement and commercialize their ideas. Polaroid had a chip. It was sitting on the shelf. It was there. And they didn't commercialize the idea. It, that's just arrogance, downright arrogance. Maybe they didn't see that the new innovation would take part of today's uh, sure, sure. business but, model. But somebody did because they developed it. So they, they must have had the foresight to see it. And so that's why it comes back to me. What you've got to do with innovation as well, I haven't actually mentioned this yet, is it needs communication, communication, communication. But as I often tell people when I'm doing the change workshop, you've got to communicate the right. You've got to have the right. How much communication is enough? There, there isn't enough, but there is of the right communication. Because I can mm -hmm. bombard you with emails. Nobody reads all the emails in detail or they just delete them. So that's why I say what maybe, I mean, we, we don't know, but I've met some people that did work at Polaroid and they didn't communicate enough. So how do you get buy-in for your idea? Is you've got to communicate, 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 and you've got to show them that you've been running it as a disciplined experiment. Mm -hmm. As I often tell people, it's like, it's like trying to get CapEx. If you want to go and get a CapEx in a large company or in a small entrepreneurial type business, you want to go and buy a big Apple Mac, you've got to justify in your mind 
what the return is going to be on that. It's much the same with, with an innovation project. Although you don't have any exact idea of whether it's going to fail or whether it'll succeed, hopefully you're going to learn from it and you're going to do your best. And so you put through a logical, disciplined, as I call it, experiment, mm-hmm. and you try and get the approval that way. Why most of the businesses dedicate a team and energy to come up with innovative, new innovative ideas for, for their products or their services, but they fail in launching or executing it? I'll just go back to the same thing. Um, a lot of companies don't necessarily dedicate teams at the beginning to coming up with the idea. Mm-hmm. They'll have what we call the idea hunt. Okay. So now you've, let's just say there's a couple of us and we've come up with some ideas. We'll take that to the board of directors or to some senior managers and we'll get approval for one or two of those ideas. Mm-hmm. Now what happens? They d- what we say is there's three types of innovation. There's small incremental, there's repetitive, and there's disruptive or custom innovation. So to form a dedicated team, you need to have a custom or disruptive innovation. Mm-hmm. The rest will basically be project management. But what happens when they have a disruptive innovation, they just integrate it into the project management because they say, hey, we'll just do it that way. And we spoke about the performance engine earlier on. True. If you put a disruptive innovation into project management, then all you get is a small performance engine. Nothing really changes. Therefore, I suppose you're going to ask me a question sooner or later, You know, what is innovation? And what we say is it's something new and uncertain for your business. So even if somebody else has thought about it, take online, you know, Amazon went with one of the first to go with online um, payments, etc. So if I want to now put that into my business, that's new and uncertain for me. So what I should do is forget about what Amazon doing. I can learn from them, hopefully, but I should form a dedicated team because it's new and uncertain and they should give up their existing day jobs and the innovation becomes their day job. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of companies fail because they say, oh, well, you're going to innovate and they innovate part-time. And then what happens? The forces of the performance engine pull in the innovation guys and, and that now becomes a subservient function of the performance engine. Hence, it never gets off the ground. But over here, we are talking about medium to large corporations, but not startups and small businesses, right? Yes. And the, the big difference is the startups, they're actually in a highly innovative phase. They've got nothing to lose. The difference with a small, medium or large corporate is they've already got a performance engine. So mm-hmm. there's pros and cons because in the large and small, they've got resources they can pull from. But in the small one, there's nothing. So what we call zero-based budgeting, mm-hmm. starting from scratch, what a large corporate should do is act like a small entrepreneur type place and they should do zero-based budgeting as we call it. They should start that innovation from scratch. They should start small so they can get out quick, start small, get out cheap. That's the crux of innovation really. But unfortunately, most of the large corporations, they don't act that way. They, they want to have their product perfect and then they would launch it and, and we'll find out later what could happen to the product. What you know, would you say to those guys? I would say to those guys, you know, if you're always striving for perfection, you're never going to get there. And there's only, you know, the guy above us who's probably perfect. Um, I like to use it as uh, an analogy. If you're building an aircraft, you build the plane while you're flying it. I mean, it's just an analogy, right? We don't <laughs> want to be in the plane. But, you know, you, you've built the engines. What you've got to do is get that plane out the hangar. You've got to keep the momentum moving to keep the urgency up. And once the innovation momentum drops, everything seems to slow down. Once the performance engine pulls your resources back in, you're going to lose your momentum very quickly. So I like to use the analogy of build the plane while you're flying it mm-hmm. and learn as you go along through disciplined experimentation. People don't do that. Why? Because the leaders are short-term bonus focused. The shareholders are pushing for profits today. But what they need to understand is they need profits tomorrow. And people forget that very quickly. Can we turn innovation into discipline? Absolutely. Absolutely you can. You you know, you, you will take select you will selectively forget the past. And what I mean by that, 
is you will bring some of the resources you've learned in your previous career mm-hmm. or from other departments. And if you're a small enterprise, you'll bring it from your previous career and you'll take some of those processes and you'll take some of those procedures and apply them, but not all of them because then you'll just get a small performance engine. You've got to constantly constantly look at redeveloping those and molding them to fit this new beast, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the process really is you, you go through and there's two concepts. You look, you've got to look at developing a special team and a special plan. The special team's all about the people, the special plan is all about the process. And if you can get those two, and underneath that are six prescriptions. But, mm-hmm. um, but in general idea. You know. That's the general idea. Awesome. Well, there are many techniques and models into turning ideas into innovative products. What is the number one technique or model you recommend for startups? So I would recommend, there's a book called How Stella Saved the Farm. And it's written by Chris Trimble and Vijay Govindarajan from Tuck Business School. Now, obviously, I'm very biased towards them because that's what I based my workshop on. But I looked at Christensen and many other readers. And what I liked about Chris and VG's work is they look at the other side of innovation, how to implement good ideas, how to commercialize good ideas. So what I, and I do the same in my business. I always look at the book Stella. It's based on uh, Animal Farm and it's about animals who've got to reinvent themselves. Otherwise the human's going to take over their farm. Mm-hmm. And they are busy selling sheep wool and they eventually go into selling alpaca wool. What they do is they follow Chris and VG's work Obviously, it was written by them. But what I like about this is it's very practical and it's very simple. Basically, it's taking an innovative idea, which you're saying is disruptive innovation, and following that special team and special plan. So it follows a very disciplined approach. Okay, Paul, um, what could be the impact of innovation on startups and small businesses? If today small businesses, a person who's listening to the podcast or the episode, and he thought, you know what, I want to adopt innovation into my business. What you should do with innovation is make it your day job. You've got to be committed. You, it, it requires a lot of energy, enthusiasm. It, it requires a lot of dedication and focus. But let's be real. If you're a young startup, you still need to pay the bills. Exactly. So what you've got to do is you've got to try and balance the two. You've the performance get, engine and then... Exactly. Anyway. You, you know, you, your performance engine is going out and getting the sales today. But you've also got to be putting some of your energy because you don't have the privilege of getting a dedicated team, you've got to, and which means a lot of extra hours which is exactly what I've been doing. Since I left the corporate world, I run my own business. So what I do is I put from 10 o'clock till 12 o'clock, which is my peak time for thinking. I try and put that into my innovation engine. And then in the afternoon, I'll be making phone calls and talking performance engine stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to balance the two and trying to get help. And don't don't be too proud to ask. You know, there's a lot of people out there with, I'm not talking just about good innovation ideas, but good ideas about the processes, about where to get finance, about how to implement. So innovation, if you try and do it alone, I think you have a high chance of failure. You know, that's a, that's a lesson for small small companies. There's people, you know, your uncles, your cousins, your mother, your father, etc., who've been there and done that. It doesn't mean they understand your innovation concept. You know, I'm sure the guy who did Facebook went and spoke to his parents. Bill Gates definitely spoke to his parents when he started off, mm-hmm. um, just as examples, and their friends, etc. So don't be too proud to ask, but try and put a certain amount of dedicated time each day into your innovation concept. Awesome. And this is actually leading us to the next question is, once I decide today to be innovative and I can manage my time between a performance and innovation, how to identify innovative ideas? Yeah, that's a difficult one. You know, um, any idea really could be termed as innovative, but it's whether you're going to have the capability to commercialize it. I think what you need to do is once you've got an idea, you look at what's nice to have, what's must have, and do that. And then you break it down a little bit further and say, is there a market for this? How passionate am I about this? That's something you haven't mentioned. Mm-hmm. If you don't have passion, you ain't going to innovate or you're not going to implement, put it that way. 
I just find that all the successful entrepreneurs that I come in, in touch with or I, I meet when I'm doing public speaking, what is it about them that makes them different to somebody else? They just have that little bit more passion. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a tough question, but maybe the P word is it, the passion word. Awesome. Based on your experience, Paul, what would be the number one advice you would give to entrepreneurs and startups to elevate their innovation to the next level? Make sure, this continues from the last, the last question really, make mm-hmm. sure you're passionate about what you're doing because then the work becomes your hobby. If you look at all the entrepreneurs, the innovative entrepreneurs, you know, let's pick on the famous Steve, the late great Steve Jobs and, and, and uh, Wozniak. That passion to make that Apple thing happen, Apple became a hobby, but they were so passionate that the work, they didn't get up in the morning and say, oh no, another day at work. You know, I, I'm sure those guys probably only slept two or three hours. And that's what I find when I'm, when I'm going around the, to, to various, and this applies to all cultures. I'm sure, you know, look at what you're doing. You've got to be passionate about what you do. Otherwise it just ain't going to happen. So definitely, once again, you've got it. And, and that in turn leads to increasing the urgency. You'll find these people are always urgent. They always want to move to the next step. That's good and bad because, you know, you also need a work-life balance. But I think at the initial phase, you need to get in your head that my work-life balance is going out the window. For the next, whatever it is, two or three months, I'm going to be focused on this. And so holidays, etc., are gone. And if you're married, you need to sit down with your husband or your wife and you need to actually have the, an explanation to them of why you're not going to be around. And you need to make sure, again, going back to the communicating, this is what I'm doing. I need your support. Even if you're not supporting me on the business front, I need your mental and social support. That, you know, happy mind, happy home, happy at work. All those, these are the soft skills that we don't often talk about in these innovation books, but it's common sense, right? Yeah, big yeah. time. You know, you remind me when we started podcast Launch on Fire actually a year ago when everybody was, actually they thought we were crazy of doing the podcast and trying to get entrepreneurs to share their journey and lessons and having experts like you to come and speak and share their thoughts and ideas. But when we started in the beginning of, let's say, the first season, it was a big challenge for us. And today we are doing a great job with the podcast and we actually grew up with more than 100 episodes in the podcast. Today, it's not just a passion that's driving us. It's actually the knowledge that we are trying to document, the experiences of others, your experience as well today. So that's the passion that actually keep us going in the podcast. And we are so proud. We were actually launching the, the fourth season because of that passion and because of that dedication and because of that support that we are getting from the family, from the friends, and from the community as well that supports the podcast, we're be able to really push the limits and, and make it a success. So, so you look at that. We're here on a weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate about what I'm doing. I'm not getting paid for this. You're not getting paid for this. We're both here on a weekend because we're passionate about what we do. Exactly. Exactly. That answers the point, right? We'll take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors and we'll be back after this short, tiny break. والحين خلونا نشكر الشركات الراعية لبودكاست لونش اون فاير الراعي الذهبي طلبات دوت كوم مجموعة ايسس المستقبل اسنان تاور وشوكلت نس ونشكر الجهات الاعلامية الراعية بعد سنسكيب ومجلة خليجسك طلبات دوت كوم اول موقع الكتروني وتطبيق لطلب الاكل اونلاين في الكويت ودول مجلس التعاون الخليجي علشان تطلب الاكل اونلاين وتطلع على اخر عروض المطاعم زور موقع طلبات دوت كوم او نزل تطبيق طلبات على الاندرويد والاي او اس والويندوز مجموعة ايسس واحدة من الشركات المتخصصة في مجال تقنية المعلومات المتنقلة تاسست في 2004 وعندها خبرة ومعرفة في قطاع الاتصالات في الشرق الاوسط وافريقيا واحد من تطبيقاتها برنامج بايت على الاندرويد والاي او اس تقدر تدفع فواتيرك عن طريق هالابلكيشن 
الاسنان هي سحر جاذبيه اي واحد فينا ابتسامتك لازم تكون متميزه لان في البزنس لها دور في مستوى تاثيرك في الناس اللي حواليك اسنان تاور اكبر العيادات في الشرق الاوسط والمتميزه في علاج وتجميل الاسنان في الكويت اتصل على اسنان تاور واحجز موعدك اليوم على 257-3666 شوكلتنس أول مشروع كويتي متخصص بصناعة وإنتاج المولتين كيك بدأ برأس مال 500 دولار وعقبها توسع وصار عنده خمس فروع منهم فرعين يقدمون فيهم قائمة طعام متكاملة بالإضافة لمصنع للإنتاج في الكويت اتصل واطلب على 229-960-606 أو زوروا موقعهم الإلكتروني chocolatenes.net شركة السينما الكويتية الوطنية سينسكيب عندهم أكثر من 11 ألف كرسي في 11 موقع في الكويت أفلامهم متنوعة من أكشن وكوميديا ودراما ورعب وإثارة وتشويق مع سينسكيب تعيش الدور وأكثر من 60 سنة وسينسكيب في خدمتكم خلي جيسك مجلة كويتية مميزة لها نمط ثقافي وحياتي وتغطي باستمرار كل شيء جديد في دول الخليج العربي خصوصا لما يتعلق الموضوع بالمشهد الثقافي المتطور تقدر تحصل أو تحصلين النسخة المطبوعة بالاشتراك أو النسخة الإلكترونية من خلال الموقع الإلكتروني خليجيسك.com بودكاست لونش اون فاير اول بودكاست كويتي حاصل على جائزه الكويت للمحتوى الالكتروني لعام 2015 اوكي ليتس جيت باك تو اور كونفرزيشن توكينج اباوت انوفيشن ان سمول بزنس اند ستارت ابس اف يو جاست ريكومند وان بوك What would it be for our <laughs> listeners? How Stella saved the farm. <laughs> well, we have that one already. <laughs> you know, there's there's a, there's a lot of if you go into Amazon and and whatever bookshop you you go to, there there are tons and tons of books. I'm reading a book. I'm trying to think of the author's name at the moment. On the four lenses of innovation. I think if you really want to to understand innovation, you shouldn't just follow one innovation guru. You mm-hmm. know, I look at. At both sides, you know what I call it. It's called this side of innovation, which is coming up with the idea, and the other side. And there's so much to innovation that you've got to think about because a lot of it applies to how you use your brain, what lens you you decide to view the world in. I mean, I do work on positive psychology. Has that helped me with innovation? You bet. I do a workshop on change. Has that helped me with innovation? You bet. Because innovation is a focused change. Both are changes, mm-hmm. yeah? but one is more difficult. The innovation is more difficult because you know you're asking, and I'm talking about disruptive innovation, by the way. You're asking to get a dedicated team, so you know I'd have to come back to you on 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 a couple of books that that I've read over the years. You go and look at at books by Chris Trimble, by Christian Clayton, those sort of people. What I also do is I keep up with the Harvard Harvard uh, Business Review and Forbes magazine, and I just read all sorts of things. You know, I was reading a book the other day about a, a hamburger chain, which for me was quite innovating. A lot of innovating ideas in it. So don't just think you've got to read a book on innovation. Just mm-hmm. read some leadership books because in that you'll find a lot of a lot of innovative stuff. But I'll have to come back to you with some some exact titles because I, I read so many damn books, I forget all the titles. Awesome, awesome. That's what we do in business. We read as much exactly. books as we can. So, Paul, we have reached the end of our episode today. Uh, what would you say to Launch on Fire podcast listeners and audience? I would say, do this. Make innovation your day job. Learn, learn, and learn. And don't think that because you're not on the innovation team that you can't innovate. Everybody, I think there's a genius within all of us. 
All of us have a genius sitting inside of us. Don't be despondent because too many times, and especially in the corporate world, we get knocked down because it's not invented here syndrome. You know, how did I get where I am in my, in my career? I never sat down and took no for an answer. So I think that's what you do. And, and get the passion, get the support, communicate and make it happen because only 13% of us are happy in our, in our jobs. Mm-hmm. That was a Gallup survey. One of the reasons for that is because we, we lack the autonomy. So what you've got to do is often we'll be given the autonomy and we don't take it. Mm-hmm. With innovation, you've got to take it. You've just got to take it. Don't wait for it to be given to you. Mm-hmm. Just take it and make it happen, and then you'll see what will make a huge change in your life. Definitely. Can you give us a, one piece of guidance on how our listeners can find you and connect with you? Oh, sure. You can look on my website, Paul Rigby. That's P-A-U-L-R-I-G-B-Y dot B-I-Z. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email me, paul at paulrigby dot B-I-Z, um, and I'll, you know, I'll be happy to answer your questions. Uh, I'd say for me, but I'm all over the world and my phone is off when I'm lecturing. So (laughs) please, you know, feel free. It was really great having you today in our episode. And on behalf of our listeners and our sponsors and Vigor Events, we want to thank you for the information that you have shared and the ideas and the thoughts that you have delivered to us today. And we hope you enjoyed your stay and we hope to see you again in the future as well. Thank you very much. Can we just innovate and get air conditioning outside because it's rather hot? Well, that's <laughs> the reason why we call it Launch on Fire. <laughs> Thank Have you very much. Day. You're Bye-bye. welcome. Bye-bye. والحين وصلنا لنهاية حلقة اليوم من بودكاست لونش اون فاير المتخصص والمهتم في عالم إدارة الأعمال والمشاريع الصغيرة والمتوسطة. البودكاست موجود في الآيتونز تقدرون تتابعون حلقاتنا وتسوون سبسكرايب من خلال برنامج البودكاست الموجود في الآب ستور لأجهزة آبل الآيباد والآيباد والآيفون بالإضافة إلى برنامج ستيتشر الموجود في كل الأجهزة أو عن طريق موقع البودكاست www.launchonfire.com وهم تابع حساباتنا في مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي at launchonfire وإذا عندكم أحد مهتم في إدارة الأعمال والمشاريع الصغيرة والمتوسطة دزوا له لينك الموقع أو سووا له منشن في مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي ونلقاكم في الحلقة الجاية.